This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Avoid caffeinated beverages. Avoid sugar. Eat light. Drink eight glasses of water the day before you present. Stretch before you present. Raise your confidence with a power pose. Breathe deeply. Have faith. Well, having faith, that's the hard part. But um, these are good tips. Mary, will you make sure I do this next time we have to speak in public? Yeah, I'll make a file. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Yes, and today we're going to talk to speechwriter and presentation coach Barbara Seymour Giordano. Liz, you met Barbara at Oprah's house, I believe? That's right, I did. (laughs) Uh, When Gretchen and I went to Oprah's for her book launch, uh, I met Barbara, and she was there with Amy Purdy, who's a Paralympic bronze medalist in snowboarding. Ah. Amy lost both legs to meningitis, and she gave a TED Talk that went viral that Barbara helped her shape and prepare for. So we'll link to that on the website, too. It's a great talk. Yes, and almost everyone struggles with public speaking. I want to know where she stands on beta blockers, Liz. Mm, Me too. (laughs) And then we have a Hollywood hack that will hopefully be the last time I ever talk (laughs) about my hair color situation. Oh, Sarah, there's always more to say on that topic. (laughs) We've also got our latest hits and bombs. Sarah, you have a hit this week, a very sweet hit, and I have a bomb. I failed to live up to my word of the year, which is control, but we'll get to that later. Right now, we want to let you guys know about a podcast that we were guests on. It's called Hashtag Am Writing with Jess and KJ. We had so much fun talking to hosts KJ Delantonia and Jess Leahy about writing. Yes. Listen to our interview. It's uh, episode 91. um, And Hashtag Am Writing with Jess and KJ is a great podcast for all types of writing. Whatever kind of writer you are, short story, fiction, nonfiction, journalists, they talk about it all. They really cover the life of a writer and writing itself, which is super useful. And they have your favorite tagline of a podcast ever. Yes. Keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game. I think it's (laughs) fantastic. So check that out. And we also want to thank everyone who came to our Million Downloads meetup. Yes. Oh, my God, Sarah. There were over 100 people there. We were blown away. Based on a suggestion from one of our listeners, Mary got um, name tags. Yeah. And she got 100 name tags, thinking that would be more than enough. Yes. And they were gone. Yeah. So we know there were at least 100. Um, And we love that people were really networking, making friends. We believe a writer's group was formed that night. 
people were sort of, you know, talking about jobs and, and all sorts of things. So it was really just fun to see not only for us to meet people, but to see our listeners meeting each other. Yeah. And um, hopefully some lifelong friendships were formed, Sarah. That sounds good. Yes. All right. Well, coming up, Liz, you are going to explore your fear of public speaking. But first, an ad break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, let's dive into our segment from the treadmill desks of in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches, and today that's public speaking. It's something we always say we want to be better prepared to do, especially me, and this is our chance to up our game. Yes, and who better to discuss this topic than Barbara Seymour Giordano, speechwriter and presentation coach extraordinaire. Barbara not only helps her speakers unleash the power of their story, but also prepare for delivery day. Some for the TED stage, others for keynote talks, fund-worthy startup pitches, or any other potentially harrowing storytelling experience. Barbara founded StoryWorksLA.com in 2009 and since then has guided artists, athletes, CEOs, doctors, lawyers, scientists, and professionals of all kinds to find the love in their story so the audience can too. Barbara, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Now, before we pick your brain about how we can improve our own public speaking, which is, you know, my main goal here, <laughs> uh, tell us what made you get into this field. Oh, my gosh. You know, by sheer accident, mm -hmm. uh, a series of accidents, right? <laughs> uh, when I used to produce large-scale live events wow. uh, for major corporations, and I saw there companies spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes millions on one event, huge fanfare, staging, lighting, models, talent, you name it. All these people were professionals. And then Bob, the VP of accounting had to get up and speak. <laughs> oh, my name is Bob. And nobody trained the executives that had to hit the stage. Mm. They didn't spend money on them. So my heart went out to them. And for some reason I thought I can help these people. <laughs> these are my people. So that's what I did is I started as a producer, started working with them. But in 2008, like so many people have this story, the bottom fell out of the market. And the mm. first thing to be cut were large scale live events in for corporations. So they just didn't do them anymore. And I thought this is a perfect time for me to reinvent myself. So I started volunteering as a pitch coach for entrepreneurs trying oh. to pitch to investors to raise capital for their startup ideas. And then from there, I started writing speeches for TED Talks. And I've also volunteered there as well. <laughs> now, 
A lot of people, I think Liz for sure would rather die than speak in public. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Like, what is it that makes us so anxious? Oh, my gosh. It's the $64 million question, right? Wasn't it Jerry Seinfeld who said, I'd rather be in the coffin than give the eulogy? Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, the short answer is, in fact, it's our egos. We are worried about the way we're going to be perceived. So what happens is we're not in the moment. We're either Mm. thinking about what just happened or we're forecasting what's going to happen but we're not in the here and now. Well, I, and what happens to me is because I'm an extroverted person, I can speak well. I actually have, I mean, two podcasts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when I have to go in front of like a big group of people, it's like I have a physical reaction of like shortness of breath, handshakes, voice shakes. Um, I don't know if it's like, I have a vasovagal thing where like when I get blood taken, I faint and I, it feels connected to that. Like something happens in my body where like all the blood pools in my feet or something. Uh What is that physical response? Wow. Well, if you want to get really deep, people would say it's the fear of death. Uh We fear that our life is going to end for whatever reason we've associated with it. And I, you know, they say most like psychological issues are a fear of death until we work through that, that again is worried about the outcome, right? Mm. So we become self-conscious or we are worried about what's going to happen, whether that's drawing blood, we're envisioning something that could happen. Are you working yourself up all the way to the doorstep or the the seat where they actually draw the blood? Yeah, well, it's when they start tapping. That's when I, uh, like, on my veins, that's when I start, like, feeling, like, really faint. I feel like it's a similar reaction when I know I have to go in front of an audience. And where does that start? Does that start as you're walking into the room or does it start much before? No, much before. Yeah. More like half an hour before. Mm -hmm. You know, where I'm like, why the hell did I agree to this? This is insane. <laughs> like when Gretchen and I do live shows, once we start and I'm talking and I'm in it, uh-huh. like you say, once I'm in the moment, it's much better. But beforehand, it's just and it's really like the shaking hands that bothers me the most and the voice, but especially the hands because I know the audience. And that's if we're in a pitch and it's just like an audience of five people. I know when they see my hand shaking, they know I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. And that is what I hate because I feel like it's really disempowering. Right. Then it's a slippery slope, right? Then you're like, oh, my gosh, here I go. Yeah. You know, a a lot of that is, too. And when I spend time with my speakers, I hear the more we chat, the more I hear the self-talk. So what are we saying to ourselves before we go into a situation? And we can actually reprogram our brains. I mean, what do they say? It takes 30 days to make a habit and 30 days to break a habit. Mm. You know, it might give or take a few days. But the reality is, is so much of our own self-talk working up to that is expecting something, is expecting my hands to shake or is expecting me to have some sort of other reaction. Then once I see my veins go, oh, that's it. So much of it is breathing too. Breathing techniques are super important because a lot of times when we get so focused and worried, we stop breathing or we breathe very shallowly. Mm. So super important to work on remembering self-talk and breathing. Those two will really help 
change things, but you've got to do it daily. And what kind of self-talk should Liz be and our instituting? Listeners. Yes, and our listeners be instituting to help change the negative self-talk. Well, for instance, if you're going into a situation, start listening to what you're saying to yourself as you lead into that, right? And start a few days in advance and start saying, I trust that everything's going to work out okay. I, I tell my speakers, you know, the universe is there. Whatever it is that you say, whether you say universe or God, but you have to let go. So much of this is also about a form of control. And so when you can't control it, you're feeling like things are slipping away from you, right? And I see that often with my speakers. So when a speaker, for instance, when, especially with TED Talks, because they're so intimate um, or any kind of keynote, if it's more intimate, then what happens is the speaker has to go to a place they may not have been prepared to go to emotionally. But once they clear that out, once they get to the heart and the root of it, they give a totally different talk because they have worked through the emotional components that have been tripping them up. And so the dialogue that I start to say to them is, you know what, this is going to be what it's supposed to be in this moment. Everything you do is organic and perfection is boring. Remember mm. that. So if you trip up, let that be your freedom. Uh, go, oh, I'm human like everyone else. Because perfectionism, which anybody who does well at what they do in this life, anyone who is driven, suffers from a great deal of perfectionism. But that doesn't help us when we're actually trying to engage people. So the minute that you trip up, just say, oh my gosh, I'm human too. I'm free now. <laughs> That's great advice to be like, it's okay to be flawed. Like, even if we're doing a pitch, for instance, mm -hmm. it's okay if we mess up. Right. Just trust the universe that it makes us more charming. So, Barbara, we always tell people who are coming to Hollywood, speaking of story, that they need to be prepared to tell their story. It's a really big part of getting jobs and networking. You know, having that prepared story is incredibly helpful. So how do you help people mold their story in the most compelling way? Well, the first thing I ask them is what's resonating with you right now? Mm. Because so many times we think speakers will come to me and I'll say to them, okay, how long do you have to speak? And let's say they have, you know, 20 minutes and I'll say, okay what do you want to speak about? And they will come to me with something that they think they want to speak about. Then um, I have them write it out. And then I read it and I start asking questions from the audience's mm. standpoint. Because usually, first of all, it's not clear. And second of all, it's not really what they want to talk about. Most of the times, actually all of the time, I get a script. It is never the script they deliver. Mm. Because it's about digging down to the essence of what it is. I mean, uh, what it is that they really want to say from their heart to the audiences. Most of the time, and you probably know this from dialogue yourselves, right? People speak on the surface and that's fun because there's so much subtext. But for TED Talks or for deeper talks, you want to reveal more about yourself. Not overshare, but reveal parts of yourself that have a common humanity to them so people can connect with you. A vulnerability, as you said earlier. Given all this, what is the most common mistake like you, you see people make? Is it just that they stay surface or that they don't practice? Or like, what do you see? What can we all avoid? What pitfalls? 
Excellent question. And the majority, if we have five minutes of uh, college education, we've already come out of the big factory of logic. Mm. And what happens is, is people rely way too much on their logic. They want to show the facts, the figures, the data, but they don't want to show themselves. I'm so lucky to do what I do that I want to make sure that I'm having fun because I spend a lot of time at my work Mm -hmm. and my personal life is fun. I enjoy it. And so my work life has to be fun too, because there's going to be a lot of struggle there. If people know that you are, you know, who you are by what you say and how much you care and that you're willing to be vulnerable, they're going to see that they're going to have an easier connection with you. And mm, that's a great thing to keep in mind. Yeah. I read that you say that you help people find the love in their story. Yes, that's exactly what I do. I've been really blessed to be able to write for people and to really get into the depths of their stories and who they are. And there's so much beauty there. And I want the audience to be able to see because there's so many different stories, as you both know. And I cherish that. Now, I want to know, Barbara, because all this sounds wonderful, and I'm like, oh, these are great quotes, great things to keep in mind. But, like, when someone sits down to work with you, like, I've never gone to a coach, a speaking coach or, you know, writing coach. Like, if I sat down with you, what's the first thing that you would do? Like, you know, breathing exercises or is it writing exercises? I'm just curious, like, on a sort of actionable level, what do you do with people? So my process is threefold. The first is I ask them to write what they think they want to say. Okay. Then we upload it to Google Docs and that's the magic of Google Docs. And I start, (laughs) I read it and I highlight and I ask a bajillion questions. Okay. And normally people don't really know how they want to end it. So I always begin with the end in mind and ask, what's the Mm. one thing you want to leave the audience with? The one idea. And that'll often change. But if at least if we can have a North Star, that also, that's a really good point too. That's one thing I tell my speakers before I lovingly shove them out on stage, as I say, (laughs) is that your North Star needs to be bigger than you. So for instance, with Amy, before I lovingly shoved her out on stage, I said, remember your North Star is that people need love. They need Mm. to hear this story of resilience and triumph. And the story is you, but it's not you. So don't confuse the two. This is the message that you're sharing with the audience. That also takes a lot of pressure off the speaker because then they realize the responsibility that they have to share the story with love. Mm. So it takes the ego component out of it. Oh, right. I have a mission, right? We sit down and we actually have a conversation and I will spend hours with my speakers just asking them who they are and digging deep. Most of the things that we talk about don't even stay on the page because we don't have enough time. And some of them just are for me to know as I help them tell their story. Mm. Um, So we really begin to hammer out the script and get it a strong open and a strong close and then a meandering middle. Once the script is almost final, as I call it, we move on to creating slides and images that really complement the script, that really actually ratchet up emotions even greater. And then the final step is the actual rehearsal itself. Because with the scripts, I actually have all of, um, you'll see with Amy's, 
when she delivers, I have her click on keywords. Mm. So when she says something, usually the emotion is going up and she clicks for an image. And that's kind of like the one, two emotional punch. It really, wow. So they have to really know where to click when they're telling their story. Yes. I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking uh, we could apply this to our pitching. You know, we oh, have absolutely. to go pitch shows and I think we very much think about it about us. Mm-hmm. We don't think about them. Right. And this is a total change. Yeah. Which could just throw, you know, throw it all up in the air and have it come down differently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Because, you know, it, it's interesting too with my speakers. You know, they're often worried. Yeah. You know, you have me say I a lot and we a lot. And I said, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of boring. People, they're often worried about their stories boring. And I say, you know what? Here's the funny thing about the audience. Even though you're saying I, the audience is hearing me. They're not mm-hmm. hearing you. They're thinking, oh, gosh, I remember when that happened to me. And this is how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, gosh, what if I was in this situation? I don't know what I would do. They're not hearing you say I. Oh, that's huge. It is huge. And that's every single audience. So when you understand that, you're able to sort of toggle around in that world. Um, Now, on a slightly different subject, Barbara, I have to ask, I take beta blockers to help me with, um, you know, like what we have to pitch. Uh Because like I said, I have the shaking hands and voice and all that. What is your opinion about something like a beta blocker? If like me, you're really nervous. Are you for it, against it, don't care? So I'm Miss Holistic. Mm -hmm. That's probably like my middle name. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I am a big believer in the power of the mind. Mm. And I believe that with time, you can eventually wean yourself off of that once you start to change the dialogue that's going on, your inner talk. And it takes time. And they're online. There are a lot of hypnosis Mm. that I recommend to my students. Okay, that's a great tip. And you just do it once a day, every day. If you can do it once in the morning and once at night, I highly recommend it. I've actually reached out to a woman who does it. And I said, could you do one for public speaking for me? And she was like, yes. So she's going to, she and I are going to meet and we'll work on that. But I really feel like that it is so much self-talk and we don't even realize it's like, on your computer. Why is it running so slow? Because you have like 30 files open in the background. Mm-hmm. That's what that self talk yeah. is. And half the time, we don't even know that our mind, our personal computer is running slow because there's so many files open and they're negative. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. This is so great. And hopefully this will help people not just picture the audience in their underwear, but something a little <laughs> beyond that, a little more effective um, yeah. with your tips. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much to Barbara Seymour Giordano. You can find Barbara at storyworksla.com. Up next, we've got an update on Sarah's hair. Yet another update in our Hollywood hack. But first, this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which, as we have teased everyone, is related to your hair and your hair color. So uh, share it with us. All right. This week's Hollywood hack is hair print. It's an all-natural hair dye. We talked about it in episode 19 with Dr. Sarah Gottfried. I hadn't used it then. I did buy it soon after that podcast, and it's been sitting on the sink in my bathroom (laughs) ever since as I have worked up my courage. So I did it. I did it yesterday. Yes, you went to the fabulous Debbie at Hyperion Salon on the Disney lot, my favorite place (laughs) in the world, because it's like a hair salon just steps from our office. And um, you covered your gray. So it looks great. Thank you. I'm really happy. You know, Hair Prince's whole thing is that it returns your hair to its original color. Yes. And, you know, it's been a while. It's hard to remember. But I think that it actually did. My hair is, you know, stubborn. So I think I need to do it one more time to totally fully Mm. cover the gray. But it doesn't smell. It doesn't burn. There's no chemicals leaching into my (laughs) brain. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the hair print. And I'll post a photo on Instagram. Now, you did warn it can be a little messy. So if people are doing this at home, they need to be aware of that and plan for that. For you, it was helpful to have a professional doing it because that sort of controlled the mess. Yes, but, but even with a professional, that. yeah, even with a professional, it was super duper messy. So if you're doing it at home, have a bunch of your oldest towels there ready to go and, and get rid of all of your like bathroom mats and things. <laughs> um, well, Sarah, I love that you're being a guinea pig for all of our listeners um, for all of these, you know, healthy, natural things. So um, you can report back that hair print is a thumbs up. Yes. And now, Liz, it's time for hits and bombs, because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And, Liz, you have a bomb this week. I do. Okay, Sarah, you know that my personal word of the year is control. Our team word is expand, but my personal word is control. And this week, I completely lost control (laughs) of my emotions. Uh We um, have been waiting for a call to hear whether or not our pilot is going to get made. We discussed it on the show, another episode of the show, that we're in this process of waiting, and we're now at the end of the wait. Like, it's coming any time, this call. And I just got so overwrought. I mean, you witnessed it. (laughs) I just totally lost control of my emotions. I was so overwrought. I had, like, all sorts of adrenaline just, like, coursing through my body, I made myself sick. I got, like, the worst headache of my life. I had a sore throat. I mean, literally just—I wasn't actually sick. I was just making myself sick with worry. Yeah, no, you were sitting across from me in our office being like, I can, my throat is getting sore. I'm making myself sick. I can feel I'm getting sick right now. Yeah. yeah. And what I was thinking is I need to channel our old boss, Sean Ryan, uh, who yes. created The Shield. And now he, um, plug for Sean, has SWAT <laughs> and Timeless, two shows on right now. But he stays calm no matter what. I yeah. mean, there is nothing that could be happening where Sean isn't just like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. You know, oh, a call will come in. Answers will be revealed. There's nothing we can do right now. He's just very calm. Yeah. And um, I was... I've been the opposite, and it just makes me feel like I haven't evolved at all. Like, I'm just as hysterical 
I'm wearing a, a T-shirt right now that says hysterical female because it's not even ironic. Normally, this would be an ironic, right. like sarcastic T-shirt. Uh-huh. Today, I'm— You mean it? I'm just a hysterical female. <laughs> so that's my bomb, uh, you well, know. We've aspired to be like Sean. I aspire to be like him, too. I mean, for a decade or more, we've wanted to be as calm as Sean. And, I, you know, we always fail, but it's a good goal. It's a good goal. Yeah. He's, it's like Obama. It's very Obama-esque. Yeah. Anyway, what's your hit? So you, I, I sucked. What, what did you do? You did something great. <laughs> so this Christmas, I got Violet and myself tickets to go to Seattle to see her donor half-siblings, Ruby and Jane. So we went last weekend, and it was so fun. Now, Sarah, I should stop you there. I don't know if everyone of our listeners knows that you that you had Violet with a donor sperm. Yes. So I had Violet on my own. I was, you know, 37 thinking like, okay, I'm not married. I really want to be a mom. So I had Violet on my own with donor sperm. And as it turns out, and there's a whole longer story to this that we we won't won't, get into, but she has all of these amazing donor half-siblings, and we're very close to her brothers who live in L.A., and she really wanted to see Ruby and Jane, who live in Seattle, and that's not that far away. So I got her this for Christmas. She was so excited. We had the best weekend. Ruby's amazing. They had like a slumber party on Friday night. Got zero sleep. Zero. (laughs) I mean, I I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say zero sleep. And then Saturday night, Violet slept with me because I was like, somebody's got to sleep. And Ruby snuck down because she just wanted to be close to her in the middle of the night. And it was so sweet. That is so sweet. That is a great hit. Yeah. And Jane's 16 months old. So, you know, I mean, Violet loves babies. It was the best weekend of her life. Um, That's a great hit. I love that. Okay, Sarah, before we go, we want our lovely producer, Jennifer Lai, to tell us and our listeners how to leave a review for the podcast, because it's really important for the podcast to grow that people leave reviews and rate it because people use those to sort of decide what they want to listen to. And it's a little bit of a thing to know exactly how to do it. So, Jennifer, hi. Hi, guys. (laughs) All right. So we're going to do this, right? We're going to Review a podcast, and we're going to do it from an iPhone. So super easy. First thing you're going to do is launch Apple's podcast app. So you can just type in podcasts in your search bar on your phone, or you could just look for the icon. It's pretty easy. It's purple, has a little guy on it, kind of looks like a microphone. All right, so now you're in the app, and on the bottom of your screen, no matter where you end up in the app, there are four icons. There's Listen Now, Library, Browse, and Search. So you're going to click on Search. It has a little magnifying glass, and it's on the bottom right corner of your screen. So just tap on that. And then you're going to go ahead and enter the name of the podcast you want to rate or review. That's Happier in Hollywood. So I'm tapping that in right now. And while you do that, I want to just make the point that if you're already subscribed to the podcast— you still have to go and search for it in order to be able to review it. So that's key. Mm-hmm. That is right. It also just makes it easier in case you, like me, are subscribed to so many podcasts that sometimes it just is easier to type in Happier in Hollywood when I want to listen to the show. All right. So now here we are. You see Happier in Hollywood. You see the nice album art. You're going to click on it. And now we're in the show. 
So now that we're here, we're going to scroll down all the way down past the show description, past the recent episodes, past best of podcast, down to ratings and review. So that's a little section on its own. And at the bottom of that section, you're going to see write a review in purple. So now you're going to tap on that. And now you are here. You're finally here. You can finally write a review. So there's a title section, so you're going to want to write a title there. And then review, which is optional. And then you're going to tap on the stars. We suggest five stars. (laughs) Obviously. Um, Hit five stars, please. And then you can just hit send. And your review will be in there with everyone else's reviews. Great. And that's it. Thank you, Jennifer. Pretty easy. I think the key is knowing to search for the title of the podcast and then to scroll all the way down. I think people don't realize that, you know, to keep scrolling to find that section. So thank you, Jennifer. Now we're going to get so many wonderful reviews, Sarah. It'll just be amazing. It's going to be a review explosion. (laughs) And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. And please do follow Jennifer's directions and give us a review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps listeners find us. And while you're at it, tell a friend. Say, hey, you should check out Happier in Hollywood. Thanks so much to our guest, Barbara Seymour Giordano. You can connect with Barbara on Instagram or Twitter at StoryWorksLA. Thank you to our producer, Jennifer Lai. Also, thanks to Kristen Meinzer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at SFain and Liz is at LizCraft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook and join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. (laughs) So we're sleeping downstairs in this great little bedroom that Rebecca has down there. 2 a.m. I feel this body like climbing into bed with us and it was Ruby and she goes I just wanted to be close to her. She came downstairs in the middle of the night because she just wanted to be close to Violet. It was so sweet. That is so cute. I know. They're so adorable. Someday you're going to have to tell the whole story of Violet and her donor siblings on the show. I know. I will. It's such a good story.